I'm Lemuel Gonzalez, repentant sinner, and along with Amory Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday school lesson without works. This week we're going to begin a topic that I'm only peripherally familiar with, spiritual warfare. In The More You Know. Today we will begin a discussion on the topic of spiritual warfare. It has been brought up in the context of a recent bizarre statement by Prosperity's minister and not-so-spiritual advisor, Paula White. So, we spoke about Paula White, Donald Trump's personal pastor, a person with a tentative relationship with the truth and an even more questionable relationship with Christianity as Christ taught it. Just a few weeks ago, she made this strange declaration during a sermon. We command all satanic pregnancies to miscarry right now. This bizarre statement drew a lot of attention. Why? Because no one knew what it meant. What is a satanic pregnancy? Yeah, my first thought was, well, if you're worried about pregnancies that are quote-unquote evil, why don't you just support abortions? Because wouldn't you just presume that those people were the evil ones? And then the, the, then there's no babies? I'm very confused. This is deeply unsettling. And also, like, a heartless and terrible thing to say when fifteen up to 15% of known pregnancies end in a miscarriage. 10 to 15% of all pregnancies, and I'm talking about once you understand that you are pregnant, mm-hmm. not the ones that end before you even realize it, 10 to 15% of all of them end in a miscarriage. So for her to be, I don't know, sprinkling magic miscarriage juice on the world is pretty terrible. Well, it turns out, after all the questions and memes, Ms. White made a clarification. I don't normally respond, but clearly this has been taken out of context. I was praying Ephesians 6.12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Anything that has been conceived by demonic plans for it to be canceled and not prevail in your life. So, fundamentally, this was a metaphor she was right. using. Right. A, okay. a metaphor in very poor taste. Yes. So, this was not about abortion in a literal sense. It was a reference to a very old idea, spiritual warfare. What does that term mean? I don't know what the term means. I don't know anything about it. I've it become sounds so useful. deeply intense, but I don't know what it means. It seems like... What it isn't is like religious warfare, no. like no, religions trying right. to one-up It's not a crusade, it's other. not a jihad, it's not right. any of those things. It seems like it might be, are we battling the devil? Yes, we are. <gasps> How exciting. So spiritual warfare as an idea predates Christianity. A good example is in the book of Daniel. The first part of the book of Daniel is the familiar story of the prophet Daniel and his friends who've been taken away into the kingdom of Babylon and prove their virtues to the mighty king Nebuchadnezzar. I'm sure you're familiar with at least part of that story. Nope. Fiery furnaces, lion's dens. Oh, lion's dens. Yes. I'm familiar with that part. (laughs) The second part of the book is about Daniel's strange apocalyptic visions. In one instance, Daniel is praying and fasting. You know what that means? He should eat a food. Right. And he sees a vision of a man on the banks of the Tigris River. It's because he's hungry. This is an angel who's been attempting to deliver a message to Daniel 
but has been interfered with by the quote Prince of Persia. It's a video game. Now, or Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. No. In this case, it's a powerful evil spirit. Oh, what a the, what a fine title this evil spirit has. The hapless messenger angel appeals to Michael, the saint protector of the Jewish people, who is able to intervene and run interference so that Daniel's message gets through. So, this is reminding me of the Jack Chick track yes. that we read, where this there were very often. angels and devils pulling at us mm-hmm. to do so. It's the, it's it's. Angel on your one shoulder, devil on the well, other, right? in this right? case, in this specific instance, it wasn't so much that as it was, there's a heavenly message to get through to you, but a powerful demon interfered with it. So this hapless angel has to re- rely on a super powerful angel, Michael, who you know, everyone does, mm-hmm. the archangel, the warrior archangel, to run interference and knock the devil around so that he can get through this message. Can I... This is... This is one of the very stark problems that I have with faith. Mm -hmm. So you want me to believe that God is all-knowing. So he knows what my message is, and I don't have to worry about what any demonic thing is. Well, this is a message that was supposed to come to Daniel, a prophecy about the future of Babylon. So he was going to receive it. Oh, okay, I Mm. see. It's the other way around. I I thought it was the Daniel was... Like praying. No, no, he's no, always praying and fasting. And so that's, well, no, that's I, that's I understand that from, from lions. So this is a a message from God. Yes, about the future. Once again, I'm not going to worry about messages from God. God knows they're going to get through, or He wouldn't have sent them in the first place. Yes, He's all knowing. The all knowingness really makes logic leaps problematic for me. <laughs> okay, well, but I, that's fine. So there's some sort of invisible football game happening between Daniel and God. Well, yes. And <laughs> the message that was supposed to get to Daniel wasn't, it was interfered with. So in, in Did essence, it end up getting through? Yes, it did. Because Touchdown! Michael, Michael ran interference. <laughs> nice. The patron saint of all who fight the forces of evil. Well, that's a big ask. Shouldn't everyone be fighting the forces of evil? (laughs) Yes, but Michael is the one, even in modern exorcisms, who's invoked uh, right before you invoke God. In the rites of exorcism, if you're going to command that a demon flee from a possessed person, you do it in the name of the church, you do it in the name of the saints, and you work a hierarchy, and right before you get to God is Michael. Oh, wow. Not Uh, Jesus? No, no. Well, no. And then, of course, God himself as... Oh, this is presuming right. that God and Jesus are the God same. God is three persons, yes. Before you approach <sighs> okay. uh, the Holy Trinity, I think between Michael, there's probably the Virgin Mary. Okay. Oh, right. She gets yeah. a little bit higher status. She gets, right. But she's not the Holy Spirit, even though she probably kind of is the Holy Spirit. Well, there's a relationship. Or the Holy Spirit the was Holy inside Spirit of her, is... at least. <laughs> they know each other biblically. It's very strange listening to you, how you... How you fit it together from the outside. Because, because it, I'm listening to the words and ascribing meanings to those no, words, no, no, well, and then I'm interpreting the, that. I, the difference is that it's so much a part of my head that I never think twice about things that you raise. As yeah, but to like... Say, oh, well, I guess there's still some... <laughs> somebody thinks that. I never... Yeah, it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, because I, I'm hearing the words and I understand them to mean mm. a certain thing, and so then... Well, as we discussed confused. previously, the Holy Spirit is a female... Yeah. Possibly. Essence. 
You say. What? The Pope doesn't think so. Well, well this Pope might. The last Pope didn't. No, the, the last Pope had some ideas. <laughs> in essence, that is what spiritual warfare is. As you can see, the idea is that there is an invisible world and powerful beings that reign over places and sometimes over individuals. Oh, they're like demons that are specific to locations? Yes, like the one taking over Persia at the time. Oh, hence Prince of Persia. Right. Sometimes referred to as King of Persia. It's In different translations, you get different um, titles. But they're referred to almost as if they're rulers. Because in the it's same book... It's giving them an awful lot of power for right. no... Like, don't. Well, it makes them their regional, and they have authority over a particular region. That's the idea. Yeah, I think that they... Um, nod to that a little bit in like Good Omen, mm -hmm. but it's they're foot soldiers, right? So they're not. Well, it's an idea that still persisted. If you ever watched Touched by an Angel, as genteel as that show was, there was a character I think played by Paul Winfield, who was Sam from Special Forces. I thought that was kind of a neat characterization. Um, the guy who comes in to do to do the rough jobs, and he's played by. You can cut it out if I'm incorrect. Uh, who's played by a black gay actor. Oh, that's cool. And I thought that was kind of neat, going, oh, this is the, the guy that everyone has to watch out for, but he's also very friendly. You know, he, he doesn't, you know, he's not portrayed as a paramilitary character. Uh, so the idea that the world is full of evil beings is part of early Christianity, too. Jesus was a preacher. He was a healer, but he was also an exorcist. Not an exorcist like you see in the movies. His novel approach was to command devils to leave now. Get out. That's basically what he did. Out. Avasti. Like he was getting rid of a, you know, bothersome dog. Shoo. This was unusual because the usual method of exorcism took a great deal of time, took special prayers, fasting, and sometimes animal sacrifice. In the apocryphal group book of Tobit, a lecherous demon, Asmodeus, is driven away by burying the heart and liver of an enormous fish. Asmodeus? Yes. I think it's the bad guy in a different video game. A lot well, of these are in video games. Oh, uh, yes, which is really questionable using actual names. Well, you have a name lower in our scripts that I don't want you to say out loud. <laughs> I highlighted it. Please don't say it out loud. All right. Well, that's repeating some... Well, it actually will fall on you to say because it's oh, no. quoting Paula White. <laughs> Jesus' unorthodox and unique methods were only partly practiced by his disciples. They often fell back on rituals and incantations invoking the name of Jesus. The epistles, the, the early the epistles from the early church that are in the Gospels, set up uh, pictures of an evil spiritual world that must be overcome. St. Paul in particular creates two images that are the foundation of the spiritual warfare construct. The armor of God, a metaphorical armor that protects the righteous, and this notion that Paula White brings up of wrestling with forces of darkness as part of your spiritual practice. This is Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness in this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Now I'm going to say, uh -huh. it feels very wild to me that this sentence is construed to mean anything about a sort of alternate dimension Right. Evil. Well, yes. Well, it this says, could mm -hmm. just be against wickedness of people in power. Now, that's one of the reasons which why... Which is super ironic for Paul White to be saying. This is probably why there's a lot of interpretations of this particular verse. 
it can mean, of course, that they wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, these evil forces. It's not saying specifically that these are demonic forces. It says they're spiritual wickedness. But remember when it was written. It was written when the church was facing a great deal of persecution. Right. Several waves of persecution. This from is before the, the government. Or right. From the Romans, not, sometimes from the Not the from invisible anything. No. But from, I mean, you couldn't say mm-hmm. this one governor. Right. It's all of that government. So it's not... This was written to people who saw Jesus crucified. And who saw even... St. Stephen stoned to death. Outside so, of, like, flesh and blood, you mm-hmm. could also take it against, like the doctrines of government, right. right? So I just to make it turn into this. Mm-hmm. So it has a double meaning. It can be seen either way. But, but why have they added, like when the real world uh-huh. has enough, why would you add a fully invisible second layer to this and just decide that there are these hierarchies of demons? Because... The government's not bad enough. The government's bad enough, yo. Right. And the government at the time, as we said, it was terrible. And I, it went on to be terrible. I understand. That's why mm-hmm. I'm not understanding why you would add a whole second layer of that that isn't apparent, except as of scapegoating. Well, this was, as we talked about with Daniel, this was an idea that was already in place. And that people's evil actions sometimes the result of interference from evil forces. And sometimes the lack of answer to your prayers came from interference from evil forces. Maybe they just didn't know what alcoholism was. Or addiction. There is a... Well, and that's something we can cover at another time, too. There's a very interesting... When it's describing Jesus healing people, there were times when he was casting out demons, and then very clearly, when it's mentioning this person was sick and they had tremors and they fell into a fire, often it's describing things like epilepsy right, or things like mental illness. This right. person was mad. So they made a distinction between what they thought was possession or oppression and what was illness. Yeah, although my guess is that a lot of mental health issues were still pushed under possession. Mm-hmm. Because then you feel like you can do something about it. I mean, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If someone is deeply mentally ill, if someone is severely schizophrenic in a time when medication does not exist, right. there's literally nothing that you can do. Well, so if you assign mm-hmm. possession as what's wrong with them, at least you can do something. They're right. probably going to end in their death, but at least you feel like you have saved part of them. And it does as much as therapy does. Well, Honestly. I mean, for that particular right. it, it, thing. It's, there's there's um, the idea that it, a, a person can be cured through the proper therapy and medication is almost equally iffy. Well, it depends on what's Here, wrong remember with that <laughs> religion also, on, because it has you such... You sound like a Scientologist a little bit. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't mean that. it that way. I just mean that I have a few friends who've taken a bad turn in terms of their mental health. Mm -hmm. And there would be times where if it was a different set of behaviors, I would say, oh, no, something's spiritually wrong here. Right. But at no point have I ever said that. No, something's physically wrong here. Yeah, right. There's some sort of... There's an imbalance here that needs to be rectified. Yep. And if it can be done with medication and if it can be done, sometimes it can just be done with care. Yeah. And attention, sleep. and you have to realize... Sleep and food. Right, but you also have to realize there are some times when people are beyond your means to take right, care of. Right, of course. So, 
It just, you know, the world mm-hmm. is rough. The to add rough. a whole separate invisible world that is also working against you mm-hmm. feels cruel. Yes, but I can't say that this doesn't exist in any way, shape, or form. That there isn't. An no, you can't world, say certainly. that it isn't. But also, I you can't to... say that nobody has ever seen a, an org chart for mm-hmm. the principalities of hell. Like that right. is not and a thing that has ever happened, what... and yet mm-hmm. that exists. It, they do exist. Somebody we have one sitting in our library. Just find us. Up. Two of those, <laughs> and they're made up basically from ideas taken out of context most of the time mm-hmm. or just a very florid imagination some of them right and so while there may be dark forces mm-hmm. the fact that they exist in the way that especially Paula White is saying right seems just like a wild thing to buy into i just i, I don't understand why when there's enough in the tangible Yes. That's working against us. Why we'd be also like, let's also think of all these invisible forces working against us. Yes, and I want to make it very clear. I believe certainly in invisible forces. And I certainly do believe that there is evil, there are evil spiritual forces. And I both, I've encountered people who are not necessarily believers who also are aware of I mean, have I shouted at the top of my lungs, not today, Satan? Of course I have. No, but... Because it's fun and empowering. But I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, to 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 buy into a a like I said, an organizational chart of right. demons is and beyond to me. I just do not understand. There, there are references to principalities and darkness and forces of darkness in the Bible, certainly, but there's nothing like the sort of organizational charts that we see from demonologists from the Middle Ages. Right, none of that exists. But Jesus mentions Satan possibly metaphorically. Mm-hmm. He does mention evil spirits, of course, but most it's never of, in some sort of form or ranking. or Yeah, most of that, I think, comes uh, from Milton, just like a lot of what right. we presume is Christianity or that Jewish myth about right. an apple. No, it isn't, ma'am. No, it is not. Well, <laughs> she's, she's got a whole bunch of issues that we don't need to get into. Well, but, yes, but I think in terms of evil, there's another representation yeah, of it. Right. But uh, I, it just, I mean, yes... But sometimes people just do bad things. Right. Not sometimes because of the people do bad things, Persia. and sometimes people are affected by horrible things that are not of human origin, which sounds creepy, but... <laughs> mm, okay. Well, we both have a friend who... Uh, and I won't name any names. That's fine. Because it's their personal story. Who took a vacation with another friend. And... Unable to get back from their road trip, they stop at a hotel. I we're not bringing ghosts into this. Well, but the thing is, you're saying that they don't exist, and I no, to, I'm not talking about ghosts. I know I'm not talking about ghosts either. Okay. This is not a ghost. This person, uh, they wound up taking a double bed in a hotel room. So while they're both asleep, she has a nightmare about a a figure, a dark figure, standing on a street corner that was harassing her in some way, and she felt very frightened of him. And then she woke up to the sound of her friend in the other double bed screaming. And they were aware of this sort of very oppressive feeling in the room. Eventually, she got her friend to calm down. And this friend confided to her that she had had these kinds of nightmares since she was a child. And that both in relationships and also people who had sleepovers had similar visions. This interfered with their sleep as well. 
So it was something that was objectively happening, although they didn't understand what it was. This is the kind of evil force that I'm talking about, not something that has steroid ranks, uh, not something that uh, is the king of a particular com- uh, country or yeah. that interferes with our prayers, but certainly something in this case that interfered with their sleep. So when I hear stories like that, particularly from people who are non-believers, it, and an instance where two people are having the same experience at the same time, it does add some validity to it. This is not what Paula White is talking about. Okay. I'm not saying that Paula White deserves any benefit of the doubt for a strange statement. To use St. Paul's refrain, God forbid, White's idea of what constitutes Satanism involves any person that she disagrees with. She once claimed at a televised event, anyone who teaches you to deny yourself is Satan. That is directly contradicting the teachings of Jesus. Anyone. Also, right? these are people who believe in deprogramming of gay people. Right, exactly. So that's really telling on themselves. Right. <laughs> that's when really calling said, themselves a lot of Satan all of a sudden. Jesus asks us to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. He puts it very clearly as a warning for people who are going to take this path. There's going to be suffering and work involved. Paula White's version of Christianity doesn't involve this. Another example would be the prayer for Donald Trump she made in a conference call with other conservative Christian leaders who were part of the One Voice prayer movement. It went this way. Oh, you want me to read all these demon names out loud? No, not all of them. Whether it's the spirit of Leviathan, a spirit of Jezebel, Abaddon, whether it's the spirit of Belial, we come against the strong men, especially Jezebel, that which would operate in sorcery and witchcraft, that which would operate in hidden things, veiled things, that which would operate in deception. So in this particular case, she's I'm not sure why she's so familiar with the names of demons. That suspicious in itself. Just yeah, I know, These are right? Very accurate. It feels like a take one. It gets <laughs> right. you know, it takes one to know one situation. Um, yeah, no, I. It's I also interesting like that she particularly points harps out on Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel, a woman who we know mostly because she was very wicked. She was. Uh, I know her because she's the naming of that news site, the feminist news site. Right. Well, because she had a really gangster way of going out. When she found out that the forces of righteousness, the righteous men, were going to come and take over her kingdom, she put on all of her makeup and her best dress and sat there waiting to be assassinated, which is probably why she gets some recognition as... She knows that the man that she mm-hmm. was praying for at the time um, said those things on a bus one time, right? Yes, and that's what makes it even worse. The notion that, especially Jezebel, who operates in sorcery and witchcraft. No, Jezebel was a bad person. But what we're here now saying is that she's the equal, this woman, an ambitious woman, is the equal of actual oh, demons. Oh, she was a human, she was a oh, human yes, woman. She was not a demon at okay, all. thank you. That's what I right. needed clarification for. Just a person. A person. Oh, and um, she's being raised to the level of demon because right. she was free with her body? Was she well, free with no, her body? She just she had a very weak-willed king for a husband. So she schemed and committed crimes to get him ahead. We use that term, though, very much in a slut-shamey way. Was uh-huh. she no, what, unfaithful, no, or not, that's no, just that's what, how we tear women down? So right. that is well, what, also because of, I told you, the way that she went out. It, she seems right, to be a picture but, of vanity and a picture of uh, but feminine none of destructiveness. That tells me... doesn't say anything about sorcery at all. 
Or well, no, I'm not even talking about the, those uh-huh. things. I'm talking about the term Jezebel mm-hmm. is is interchangeable with the term slut. Mm-hmm. Well, so is Mary Magdalene. There's no evidence that she ever slept with anybody. Oh, that's true. Well, Mary Magdalene is in popular culture for at least a mm-hmm. prostitute. Right. She's a sex worker. But Jezebel, like if you call someone a Jezebel, mm-hmm. it's like calling them a harlot. Right. I'm, I didn't but it, know. But in the stories, there's no... No, there's no evidence that she ever slept with anybody except her husband. She was just very ambitious and wasn't afraid to do horrible things but to get him But this is how we tear women down, I right. guess. Cool. All right. Well, now I learned two things, or more than one thing. <laughs> so, Paula White has failed on more than one occasion to support basic Christian teaching like the Trinity. All right? Right. So, and as we Which covered... Is, yeah, we talked early, about all you podcast. have to do right. is <laughs> believe that one thing. So, what are we going to make of the statement? This is another example of the appropriation of Christian concepts by what amounts to a cult leader, a person who hopes to pull the gullible into her new religion. Uh, a little bit more on prosperity gospel, because mm-hmm. I heard a... Uh, a statistic that was deeply alarming to me recently, which is that um, people who make less than $10,000 a year, now that is well below the line of poverty in America Uh at least, uh, are twice as likely to donate to prosperity pastors, which makes it like like evil Amway. It's like a pyramid scheme. Well, think about the way that it operates, and it makes sense. There's a story that Jesus is told about Jesus that there's a man who brings all this money to donate to the church, the synagogue rather, and then there's a woman who brings only two pennies to donate. And Jesus said the woman who brought two pennies actually gave much more than the wealthy man because she gave all that she had. Mm-hmm. This gets misused a lot because the idea is that poor people should be donating all they have and rich people are donating all the excess. It's literally the opposite. Exactly. The story is the opposite. Something I should tell everyone who can hear my voice. Woof. Jesus does not like rich people. He is constantly putting down rich people and hypocrites. If you're wealthy, what did he say? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. He is... I don't know if you've seen, but camels are very big and needles are very small. So he has no patience with wealthy people. A wealthy man comes up to him and says, I want to be your follower. And he said, good. Do you follow the commandments? Yes. Do you respect your parents? Yes. All right. One thing that you have left, sell everything that you have and then you can follow me. And then the young man goes away. (laughs) Very disappointed. Jesus does not get along with the wealthy. He's constantly mocking them. He's constantly putting them down. So the notion that Jesus would ever endorse prosperity gospel is idiotic. There's no other word for it. Yeah. um... And particularly, these poor people, essentially what she is turning the gospel into is a slot machine. Take your chance, put your money in, donate, and you'll get money back. And there's no guarantee any of that will happen. No one will get rich off of this except for Paula White. And then that puts her into the sort of circles where she sees everything that is not endorsing her as part of a satanic plan. I mean, plan. It's, it's a spiritual pyramid scheme. Right. And not even a spiritual, it's just a pyramid scheme using religious well, yes, iconography. But what, the reason I say spiritual is because it's not even like you're buying it and getting anything other than right. her blessing or whatever. I, I'm not sure you what don't you get, get from her in the you end. Don't, you you uh-huh. know what I mean? And then if something happens that's good, the way that she preaches, then you can point to it. But I bet 
that just like with every other pyramid scheme, most people lose money. Uh, and like the only person who's getting anything out of it is Paula yes. White. Ugh, she's she deeply, deeply, deeply yes. evil. And I don't even believe in evil, but woof, this woman is terrible. She's terrible. No, she is terrible. And she's got the ear of our president, who's bad enough on his own, and then is getting the worst spiritual counsel that well, has ever been given to a president? Something that I've thought of since we agreed to approach this subject is that she is not, this is not Christianity anymore. This is something else. This is a cult. And what's even stranger is that what she is amounts to the court wizard. She's Merlin, right? She is t giving people magical formulas to get wealthy. She is endorsing whatever the president says yeah. and claiming that anyone who is against them is inspired by Satan. And, and I wonder how much, if any, she believes. Or well, if she just believes this is what I say to get rich and that's all she needs to well, believe. Well, she lacks an actual... The, the fact that she doesn't seem to understand how the Trinity works... No, that's fair. Because she lacks a real understanding of even the most basic concepts of Christianity. So she may believe exactly what she says, but she has no context right. or understanding of the of words that is. actually are coming no. out of her mouth. Cool. She's interpreted for herself, and she's made up what she the things to fit the pieces. As, That's as right. It's not like she was. She's not a theologian. She no, she's not at thing. all a theologian. That's right. She well, was a you know. A, why the, can't I be? I'd be an excellent con artist if I had no uh, conscience. But you have a conscience. I don't want it, though. I want to be rich. <laughs> I mean, apparently I don't, because no, if because... I did, I could just take advantage of people right. and not have a problem. It's why I didn't go to marketing. I felt like I would feel like a pimp every day. Well, I have a and friend. And I would have. We have a mutual friend who also got out of doing human resources because the number of times a day she had to promise to help people in need and know that... Her fundamental job was to the corporation that she worked for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She just couldn't do it anymore. It got to be too much. Anyhow. So You're going to tell be, me who that is, because I don't know who that is. We're going to be <laughs> discussing the subject more, and, and next time we'll be talking about spiritual warfare and how this gave birth to the satanic panic. Oh, interesting. Okay. In the 80s, because it was directly responsible, and how, uh, actually, it was a number of Christians who were able to debunk and stop the idea from spreading further than it had. Unfortunately, not quickly enough. Yeah. Oh, that'll be interesting, because this, her whole, her whole situation is wild to me. Yes. And, uh, yeah, spiritual warfare as a term, it doesn't mean anything to me, so this is, it's, so, oh, here's, here's a question. Uh -huh. Who believes in this? Well, there, it's a very entrenched idea in all branches of Christianity by some people. Okay. Because there's enough, as we saw, there's enough, uh, like when we saw the scripture from Ephesians, there are ways of interpreting that to where right. that's what it means. It could be... So there are Catholics who believe this. Oh, yes. There are Protestants who believe and this. The, there the, are evangelicals. It doesn't of... necessarily mean a harmful thing. I mean, uh, yeah. C.S. Lewis wrote the screw tape letters about an annoying junior demon writing to his uncle mm -hmm. and back and forth about, or rather the uncle writing to his uh, his nephew about how to tempt a Christian. He didn't mean it to be taken seriously. 
but it winds up being very kind of amusing, very funny, but taken into context, it's spiritual warfare literature. Mm-hmm. This is how you invade a church. You make sure the child next to him cries so that he can't pay attention to the, the liturgy. You make sure the print is too small in his, his uh, hymnal. You do things like that to distract him so that he doesn't like going to church. He meant it to be funny. There are some people who actually take it very, very seriously. <sighs> That's right. There are people in this world who do not understand satire. So it's right. dangerous. It can be very dangerous. But the thing is, even if people do believe that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's an evil idea. These are the same people who do say things like, not today, Satan. Not today, and Satan. And it's not making them worse people. It actually helps them to realize that sometimes I don't need to be angry at you if we're having a disagreement. I'm angry at something else. And now we would say... In a more I, I don't know that... In a, no, in a no. one-on-one disagreement, that, that makes sense. But if no, things but just more, keep going wrong... In a world the way that we've been educated, the way that you and I can believe, we can say, I'm angry because of other things in myself that are bothering me. Okay, or, I see. But a person says, no, not today, Satan. I'm not going to let you disturb my peace. Right. And, I've seen, and that's also a good thing. Right. It doesn't have to be destructive like this. Right, right. Yeah, or if, yes, if you're right. working on a project and you're second-guessing yourself and you yes. can't get out of your own way, uh-huh. it is easy, like sort of easier to externalize that. Yes, and at the same time that doesn't, you know... And, and it's not diminishing it no, or it's not giving... it can very well be something. true, right? I well, don't know that. I mean, no. I, see that, <laughs> that's it. I, I can't say... I'm not going to follow you down that right, road. No. What I'm saying is that I can't say what is getting in a person's way. What yes. I can say is that there's a way around it, but just the acknowledgement that no, this is not what I'm angry about. No, this is not what I'm upset about. Right. No, what you're saying is bothering me. Or like, me because yes, of me. I can, I can. Or I'm do- stop a thing, or I can speak to a thing if I put it outside of my own brain. Right. Or my motivation for doing something. Right. What is this? No, I'm being tempted of the devil. Whether you believe it's being tempted of the devil, or you believe your own baser nature is right. getting you to do something that's against your. Either so whatever the, 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 that whatever is, that is, the solution right. is always stop doing it. But the and so as the, a, the danger right. comes when people hear that and then make a literal org chart. Well, of that's demonology, it, and then people follow that. Mm-hmm. I you think, know, in a way that is, I think, unhealthy because then mm-hmm. you're never taking responsibility no. for your Which own is true. stuff. Now. I think a way in which demonology is actually very fascinating is what it reflects for the culture of the time. Oh yeah, Why no. do you believe this sociologically is yeah. or anthropologically? Anthropologically is really very interesting. interesting. But so, like when we uh-huh. have literal belief in these things mm-hmm. that clearly were I'll give you an interesting imagined uh-huh. by a group of people. I'll give you an interesting example. There is a culture in Peru who among their demons are white faced people who come to take away your culture. This was inspired by anthropologists. <laughs> oh, it was inspired by my people. <laughs> it was inspired Europeans. by anthropologists who they felt were dismantling their culture and taking it away and reconstruing it to mean something other than what they mean, what they want it to mean, or yeah. what it means inside. The, so they've invented a demon to represent right. pokey Western and anthropologists I think everybody who everybody who was around then understood mm-hmm. that this is a metaphor for right. that. Yes. What what you lose is with time. Yes, the understanding that something is metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that taking the Old Testament literally is a problem because a lot of that was 
metaphor, which everyone at the time knew. Everyone but now, two thousand years later, it's in a book still, so it must really be have happened. Well, no, that's not how it works. Right. But this is the trap we fall into. So yes, we will next time continue the discussion. Continue the discussion on spiritual warfare. I'm playing black. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a review, and then share it with a friend. We have an internet at home, withoutworkspodcast.com. Our show notes, links to stories we talk about, and transcripts for our episodes can be found there. We're also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com. You can send us an email. Uh, we're on Twitter at withoutworkspod, and on Facebook, uh, you can just search withoutworkspodcast. And all of those links are at the website, so do check it out. I've been Lemuel, and she's been Amity, and we urge you to get out there and do something good.